Episode 8, the Heart and Hustle podcast. Taping this on a Monday. The Magic go one in one on the weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us once again. Nick Runowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. Uh, another Jekyll and Hyde weekend for the Orlando Magic. You beat the Indiana Pacers in Indy. Not easy to do. And then you get outscored 40 to what? Was it 40 to 15 in the fourth quarter? Is that what it was? Something like that. Jeez. And you lose to one of the three worst teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Magic are 3-3 three and three after the All-Star break. Wins over Toronto, Indy, and Golden State. Losses to the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You sound so depressed when you say that. <sighs> um, I think the Magic are confused. I mean, they've been <laughs> tanking for so long, Scotty. They think they're supposed to lose to these teams. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, it's it been a Jekyll and Hyde sort of second half and really all season long for the Orlando Magic. And I know that's something that we're going to get into here in a little bit. But uh, very frustrating. Yes. Sunday night's game, very, very frustrating, no doubt about yes, it. Yes, it was. Uh, if you are checking out the podcast for the first time, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's Scott Inez. You can catch him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando from 4 to 6 o'clock. I'm Nick Ronowitz. You can catch me on ESPN 580 as well with Scotty uh, and on my own shows uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Inez Says and me at ESPN 580. Nick, you can get this podcast through the link that we tweet out every single episode as well as wherever you find podcasts. Just search for uh, the Orlando Pinstriped Post. We're part of the Orlando Pinstriped Post Network. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. The whole thing is where you can uh, find us. So uh, let's get this thing started here, Scotty. Where do you? I mean, we did this when we taped kind of last week on Monday as well. Yeah. You take the good with the bad. So yeah. last time it was fresh off the Knicks' loss after you get the win over Toronto. Here it's. Do you want it to? What do you want first? You want the glass half full or the fa- glass half empty? Um, let's kind of take the glass half full first. Okay. Shall we? You're still in the playoff picture as of our taping on Monday. You're clinging to that eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Look, as you said, you've beaten three of the best teams post-All-Star break, and you've lost to three of the worst teams in the league post-All-Star break. You beat Toronto, Golden State, Indiana. Yes, you dropped the games to the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Bulls. What does this tell us? Um, what does it mean, Scotty? I, I, I got to tell you, um, I, it is Jekyll and Hyde. I'm kind of mystified at it as well, but I think let, let, let's kind of talk it out and break it down. I think it tells us that this team continues to raise its level against the best in the business. That's the good news. Okay, if your glass is half full, that's the good news. It tells you that it's in there, Nick. It's in there somewhere against the Torontos and the Indianas and the Golden States of the world. The A-plus level is in there, which would bode well for you on down the line if you happen to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and you face off against Whoever it is, Nick, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana, Philadelphia, we don't know who it may be as of yet. We don't even know if the Magic are going to make the playoffs, right. but it so tells you that the this point team you're can't making do it. is right. The point you're making is okay, if they make the playoffs, if they get into the tournament, you won't we be, know these yeah. guys that they can play with the best teams in the league. You're not going to be facing the Bulls, the Knicks, or the Cavaliers. No, I, yeah, so I guess I, that's a good thing. I can confirm that the Cavaliers will not be yeah. making the postseason. Yeah, but but if you're going if you're going glass half empty here, it also also tell you tells you that this team, I think, and we talked with Stan Van Gundy on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez last week about this. I think it tells you that for the Orlando Magic, you're in a phase where you're coming out of a really bad phase of of like six years of losing basketball, six years of 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 spineless, emotionless basketball, mm-hmm. and now 
you're coming out of that phase now. Like, we talk about it many times on the show. The arrow is up for the Orlando Magic. Sure. And even though you lost to the Bulls and to the Knicks and to the Cavaliers, I still believe that the arrow is up with this team. You can beat anybody, but you can also lose to anybody in this phase that they're going through right now. I think this is a mark of a team that is learning how to crawl before it walks And I think this is about a basketball team being in that interim phase, going from bad to good. And this is what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of good, and you're going to see a lot of bad, too. I have to say, watching the game against the Cavaliers on Sunday night, and I watched it with our buddy Chris Crawford, who's here on the podcast Mm -hmm. with us, and our friend Kevin Rafuse, who works over here for Cox Media Group. Um, The Cleveland Cavaliers are the ultimate oh, that bleeping guy is on that team. (laughs) That's right. I mean, I had a moment when we – when you saw Matthew Dellavedova, right. you're like, "Damn, Delhi's back! Delhi's back, baby!" Yeah. Jordan Clarkson, yeah, a Clarkson sighting. Nick Stauskas. Well, how Stauskas? about? I mean, even Kevin Love. <laughs> I know. I mean, even Kevin Love, who was out with the foot injury until last month, and he he didn't even play in that blowout loss the day before against no. the Detroit Pistons. And Kevin Love had 16 points uh, to go along with 14 rebounds. He was kind of like Kev- Kevin Love was actually pretty. He was pretty good in that game. The Cavaliers uh, were, and that's something that we're not going to look at. I know because we're Magic centric. Yeah. Cavaliers played a really good basketball game. Let, let's not forget about that, too. And and I don't want to make any excuses for the Orlando Magic. Good, good let's not. Th- there are no excuses. Yes. Okay, but, 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 okay, you're playing three games in four days. Mm-hmm. You're playing that final game, that third game in four days, not even 23 hours after you played your last game in Indiana. And look, this team... Like it or not, and and it's no excuse, but this team had not that was very, very evident early on. This team had zero in the tank. There was nothing. No, no. energy. And that's where you rely on your second unit. Yeah. And your bench once again got just fatally worked. Oh my gosh. Uh you scored 13 points off the bench. What was the margin? Do you have it in front of well, you? Well, I it remember was... the Knicks margin. Yeah. I re- I remember the Knicks margin from last week, 75 to 7. Uh, on Sunday night, it was forty-seven to thirteen in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers okay, yeah, off the bench. Yeah. Forty-seven to thirteen. You are you're seeing once again. I mean, there are many flaws on this Orlando Magic team, but the fatal flaw is if Terrence Ross does not show up, if the bench does not show up, you're not winning the basketball Look, game. You're the guy who brought it up last week. You believe, yes. and there are many. That there's like an, a, a Nikki Football's army out there. Yeah. What up, people? There are many people out there calling my show on ESPN 580 saying, we agree with Nick. Terrence Ross is the MVP of this team, mainly because, to to simply put it, Mm -hmm. Nick Vucevic goes off like he did on Sunday night against Cleveland. Had a great game. What were his numbers? 28, 13, 6, and 2. Okay. Two blocks and two steals. Had a really great game against Cleveland, and and you still lose, and yet Terrence Ross comes off the bench and goes 1 of 12 12 with 2 points. You don't have a chance no. to win if T. I, Ross does that. I'm going to report right now, and I don't have this yet. I'll, I'll check this. I bet you the Magic do not have a win when Terrence Ross doesn't make a three. This guy, he's made the most three-pointers right. in the NBA coming off the bench this year. It is Terrence Ross. He's he was made more six threes. last night. He has made more threes coming off the bench, if I remember this correctly, than the entire Golden State Warriors bench. Yeah. Um, when he doesn't make a three, I'm going to almost guarantee it, and I will look this up. This is irrational reporting. This is terrible reporting, whatever, that when he doesn't make a three, 
they lose every single time. And I love this. I love this take that I have. I'm married to it, happily married to it. I've <laughs> never wrong. been. I am. I it's love it. It's not a bad take, even though I'm not believing Terrence in it. Ross, it's not a bad take. Terrence Ross is the most valuable player on the Orlando Magic, and it's not even close. Yeah. Nick Vucevic can go out and give you 28, 13, six with two blocks and two steals, and you're still going to lose the freaking basketball game because yeah. that bench is void of any kind of scoring. Isaiah Briscoe, two of six. Kem Birch, one of two. Wesley Wandu, two of three. And when you're not pulling. A guy like um, Mo Bamba off the bench who can get hot and shoot the ball a little bit from deep and give you some offense. He's the only who gun you got. Score? He's who, the who only else? powder no, in the you're cannon. Right. You're absolutely so, right. So, once again, we got bad Terrence Ross. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what's going on with him, that he's been so Jekyll and Hyde just like this team. It could be that he's reaching a point in the season that he's not used to playing some of the minutes that he's playing coming off the bench. And I think, look, we're going to get into T. Ross here in a little bit, but going back to your original question about the magic, glass no, half I just, full, glass I half just, empty. I just want to talk about the MVP I, I know take, you do, because that you're, you're remaining on that hill like forever. Oh, I I'm get go, that. I'm going to die on it, yes. I know you are. Yes. But, but the good news, I still believe that the Orlando Magic, uh, uh, the arrow is up for this team, as inconsistent as they have been against the bad teams. And don't forget, over the previous six years, we were one of those teams. Yes, and, and, and now and now you're you're starting to see this team crawl. Have they walked yet? No, but you're starting to see them crawl out of irrelevancy to relevancy. And I think this is what happens with those types of teams. And look at the teams around us, Nick. Look, look at the standings. Look at six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. and ten in the Eastern. That's Conference. what all these teams They're are doing. All up and down. Yes, that's what Stan Van Gundy told us on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. Stan Van Gundy said, "Listen, when you look at Detroit, Brooklyn, Orlando, Charlotte, Miami." They can beat anybody in the league, and they also can lose to anybody right. because they're the types of teams that you don't know what you're getting every single night, yeah. and that's what it is with the Magic. I can't shake this, though, that this team should be winners of six straight I out of the All-Star break. And 11 break. straight all told, 11 right? 11 straight overall I because you. you count, and I, I it is it is an, an absolute half-empty, half-full. Like, how do you feel about this team on Monday? Yeah. Is all right. Well, you're three and three out of the All Star break. You have wins over Toronto, Golden State, uh, and Indy. I feel great about the way they played. Especially beating Indy and Indy is just it's they're they were twenty four and eight going yeah. into that game at home. at home. Yeah, you. It's one of the best home records in the league. Them and Philly are two of the best, along with uh, Toronto and Milwaukee in the, in the East. I mean, which by the way, those are the top four teams. In the East. You yeah. you expect them to win those games, but you feel great about all three of those wins. And you feel equally is is just <laughs> exactly awful and, and about those as losses. As is typical, the negative takes over the positive. It does, right? And that's it's what I'm. That's what I'm telling you. Right, my, right. My real issue with this, Scott, is that this team yet again for another season. You get to the game the, after that game against Cleveland, and I have to hear Aaron Gordon say this again. And you tell me if we've heard this before. We just got to stay focused. You know, that's the biggest part about it. Uh, you know whether. Uh, it's a great team, a team that's not doing so well. You know, it's the NBA. So uh, there's talented people across the board, people that are capable. So uh, we got to just be locked in. Forget about what's on the on the jersey, on the front of the jersey. We got to be locked in. We got to be focused. And this, to me, is a – It's. A, I, I don't want to call it a culture problem. I actually think it's a personnel problem. Aaron Gordon was the guy who said he was ready to be a franchise player at the end of last season. Aaron Gordon said he wanted a coach to hold them accountable. Aaron Gordon got both. He got the contract, he got the coach in Steve Clifford, and here we are, 70 games into the season, however many games you got left, whatever it is, 65 games in the season, and Aaron Gordon is still saying, we got to focus. 
I've been listening to this for Aaron Gordon for half a freaking decade. <laughs> I hear like, you. Aaron, at some point in time, you. you have to be the one that focuses. This team takes some of their mental cues yeah. off of a guy like Aaron Gordon because he's been there. Yeah. Aaron Gordon has been around long enough that he has gone from the young rookie to the young buck to the rising star to now he's kind of the vet on the team, or at least he's one of them. This is year five. Yeah. Aaron Gordon should not be telling me how they need to learn how to focus. Aaron Gordon should be showing that team how to focus. I hear you. But Aaron is still very, very young and immature at 23 years of age. I realize that it's his fifth year in the league. I get all that. But look, again, we're magic-centric here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. If, if we were to go out exploring in this league, you could say the same thing about the Golden State Warriors who last week came to Florida and lost at Miami and at Orlando. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses their focus. When, 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 Aaron, when Aaron has three rings, I will cut him I some slack. When, I get when you. When he's I vying for his fourth ring in fifth years, I get years, you. I will cut him some slack. I get but you. Aaron Gordon has done nothing in the NBA to continue to get a break for showing up to games Without the focus, I, without I, I the get, intensity. And like it. you said, at the start of that Cleveland game, you felt it. They're just doing enough to survive a yeah. bad Cleveland team. And you were hoping that it was the Cavs that lost it and not the Magic winning the game. That's not what should be happening during this part of the season. To Aaron Gordon's credit, he has been much more consistent this year than Agreed. in years past. Agreed. Okay, so let's bring that up. But all in all, I got to tell you, even with the losses to Cleveland, the Bulls and the Knicks and the wins over the Golden State Warriors and Toronto and Indiana post-All-Star break, I overall, Nick, am pleased. I'm not happy losing those games, I but it. overall I am pleased with what we have seen here recently with this team. I think simply put, it's a bunch of players who are learning what it takes to win on a consistent level in this league, something that is very, very difficult to do when you're going from point A, which is a bad basketball team and a bad franchise Mm -hmm. to making that move to being a good team and a good franchise. And I know you want to talk about T Ross coming up because that is the guy that you are banking on to be your MVP. And let's talk about him real quick. Um, MVT Ross MVT Ross. (laughs) No, I Uh, no, no, I'm going to need to crowdsource that. No, no, when it goes over my head, like immediately, like it it took me like three seconds. I don't know why you missed that. I I don't know why you missed it. Look, the human torch has been incredible this year. Okay. He's been phenomenal. And with a guy like Terrence Ross, you take a lot of good, no matter what. I mean, even the microwave back in the day, you know, Vinnie Johnson coming off the bench for the Detroit Pistons, you took a lot of the good, but there would be nights when Vinnie would go one of 10, when he would go one of 12. Yeah, when there was a power outage. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what we saw from Terrence Ross against Cleveland and in the New York game. He can have some really, really bad nights. And you are right in terms of the MVT Ross. Okay, you are right. When he does not play well and he does not score, who's going to score off the bench for you? By the way, the Magic are 2-5 and five when he doesn't make a 3. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I we needed Terrence Ross against Cleveland because it was obvious we had nothing in the tank early in that game. We needed the bench to come through. And unfortunately, he misses, what, 11 of his 12 shots? But to your point about T. Ross being the MVP, if he has a game like that, the Magic are going to have a hard time because you look at what they did in the starting lineup. I mean, look, starting lineup for the five guys scored in double figures. Nick Vucevic had... 
28 and 13. DJ Augustine, who was coming back from a sprained ankle, had 19, 5 and 5. Aaron Gordon had 15. Evan Fournier had 11. We need more from Fournier, granted, but there's no way that you can win a. To your point, and I'll give you credit, mm-hmm. there's no way you can win a basketball game with T. Ross coming off the bench and going one of 12 from the field and 0 of six from three point range. But again, with a with a guy like T. Ross, shoot or shoot. Yeah. You take the good with the bad. Unfortunately, there's fortunately for us, there's been a lot more good than bad this season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's that's what he's been this year. He had two points, and then you go back to the Indy win where he had 23, had 16 against Golden State. Uh, if this guy doesn't come off the bench and give you what at least 10 points, you know, and and give you some some offense and some big moments, because even with well, Nick Vucevic there. having the year that he is having an right. All Star caliber season, and Aaron Gordon being more consistent. And Jonathan Isaac giving you some offense that we didn't expect. This team still sputters offensively yeah. at times where it's painful. It's painful to watch them try to score the basketball. And Terrence Ross, more often than not, has been the guy in those moments who has come up with a big three that goes down that's contested that has no business going in. You talked about the big moments. And mm-hmm. T. Ross typically has come through he has. in the big moments, i.e. Saturday night in Indiana against the Pacers when he scored 16 of his 23 points there in the fourth quarter. He had nothing in the fourth quarter on Sunday night against Cleveland. I'm not going to bang on Terrence Ross for that performance on Sunday night because, again, shooters shoot. The knock on Terrence Ross throughout his career up until this season was what? Inconsistent. A lack of consistency. Yeah. He has been relatively consistent this year to the point where he is, I believe, third or fourth in the league in terms of bench scoring this year. He has been very, very consistent, relatively speaking. So I'm not going to bang on Terrence Ross. Shooters shoot. Sometimes shooters are going to have their issues. But guess what? Come Tuesday night in Philadelphia, Steve Clifford is going to go right back to Terrence Ross. He has no other choice. I, well, no, he doesn't. But but Terrence Ross is, is typically going to come through for you this year. You're going to have those games where you're going to go 1 for 12 and 0 for 10 and 1 for 10 like he did against the Knicks last week. But the bottom line is, I ain't giving up on your guy. I mean, you're, oh, you're, no, you're, you can't. You're, you, you've got him listed as the MVP of the Orlando Magic for a reason. So I'm not going to bang on Terrence Ross for having two bad games last week. No, and 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 that's just that's that's what you're going to get. Like you said, you take the good with the bad, and 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 he's run into some bad games. It's funny though; he's having the good games against the better opponents, and bad games against some of these teams. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I it? know that that I I would say you know there is a focus thing for as much so, as I want to complain about Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, similar thing where he just has not been able to really get it going. But to your point, and I may be talking myself into your point about T. Ross. Being I know the I'm MVP enjoying this. Team. I'm enjoying this. Keep going. Yeah. He plays well against the better teams. What happens typically against the better teams? Magic win. They do. Well, recently, yes. Right. Recently, post-All-Star break, what happens when he does not play well against those poor teams? You know, I, again, I'm looking at the numbers from the starting lineup against Cleveland. Not bad. 28-13 for Vooch last night. Mm-hmm. 19 for DJ Augustine, who gutted out a performance uh, against the Cleveland On Cavaliers. a bad wheel. T. Ross goes 1-12 of 12 with two points. You got no shot. To your point. You should stay on that hill. I'm not believing. I think Nick Vucevic is the MVP of this team. But to your point, if T. Ross does not play well, this team has no shot. No, I, I, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not getting off of it. This I guy, this is the guy that is. He is the one determining the wins and losses for this team because Nick Vucevic uh, gives you what he gives you every single night. Terrence Ross is one of those guys where you must have it off the bench where there's really nothing yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to talk about the playoff picture too. 
Okay. Uh, because right now you're kind of clinging to that eighth spot in the Eastern Conference, Nick. If the NBA season today, we would be in. Yes. We would make the playoffs. You're at 30-35. and 35. You're in a virtual tie for ninth place Charlotte. A half game back uh, 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 up on the heat, rather. But keep in mind that all-important loss column. You know, this is something that... We're not familiar with over the previous six years, tell right? Me, tell me a little bit more about Th- this. That all-important loss column is very, very important because of all those teams you're battling, Detroit, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Miami, the Orlando Magic have the most losses of all those teams in the mix, six through ten. Is that not a good thing? That's not a good thing at it all. It doesn't sound like a good thing. You not don't want the most losses ever. No. No, not a good thing. Now, the good news is the Nets continue to fade a little bit here. Yeah, I, I have to say, we might get a surprise spot open up here if Brooklyn continues to struggle. They've lost three straight. They're four and six in their last ten. We don't know when Spencer Dinwiddie's going to be back. Uh, and when he does come back, it's not like he's going to be the same guy right away. Uh, it could be that the Magic are in a situation where Brooklyn fades and and you've got a little extra room here to work with. Yes, absolutely. I think it's going to be a battle to the end of the season between these teams. And and look, that final game. Charlotte. I'm looking at that final game oh, against a, Charlotte, a, a team that has been a nemesis for the Orlando Magic, you're even gonna, though we beat them about a month ago. I don't care about that game at all at this point. You're uh, going gotcha. to get to see Kemba Walker yeah. in a game that matters. M- maybe. In a game that where the playoffs could be on the line, and you know who's really good in games that matter? Kemba. Kemba freaking Walker. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Can we like Nancy Kerrigan, that we, guy, we, or something? We got, we got a long, long way to go until then. But strength of schedule mm-hmm. favors the Orlando Magic yes, above all those teams right now. Brooklyn has a brutal schedule the rest of the way. It's not very easy for Detroit, Charlotte as well. The Magic have by far the easiest schedule of any of these teams. Right. Working the rest of the way. But you look at the str- the the stretch of schedule that you're in right now, okay? Uh, this is probably the most difficult stretch that we're going to see in the final 18, 19 games of the season because you've got f- you're, you're in the midst of five of six on the road. You go to Philly on Tuesday night, a team that you already beat this year, home to Dallas on Friday, at Memphis on Sunday, at Washington next Wednesday – before coming home for a huge five-game homestand against the Cavs, the Hawks, New Orleans, Memphis, and the Sixers. So, yes. Like, I, I know what like, you're saying. I know what you're saying, but, like, you should beat Memphis. I know, like, we're going to play the should game here with all of these teams. Should. I understand. You should. But, but you, then again, you should beat Chicago, New York, and uh, and and Cleveland, right. too. Th- there is a stretch here, though, where, like you said, they have Philly on Tuesday night where you get Dallas at home. You should win that game. Should. I know the word, the word should. should. I understand, okay? But you get Dallas, Memphis, Washington, Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans, Memphis. That's seven winnable games in a row where you got, you might be able to put together a 5-2 and two stretch, a 6-1 and one stretch. Uh, Dallas, for, for instance, on Friday, did you see they just put Dirk Nowitzki back in the starting lineup? I did. By the way, that's not for marketing. That's because Dallas wants to – they want to lose. They yeah. want to keep losing right. basketball games. Right. So Dallas is not actively trying to win games. Neither is Memphis in the situation they're in this season. Washington has given up the ghost. Yeah. I know you just lost to Cleveland. I don't think that they'll outscore you 40 to, what, 21 in the fourth quarter again. Mm-hmm. I'm confident about this stretch you're entering after the Philly game where you might be able to put together a 5-2, and 6-1 and one 
Seven and zero stretch, perhaps. <laughs> you'd love to see that. You'd oh, like yeah. to see eleven and zero right now over the last eleven well, games. That's of, what you'd like to of see. Of course, but I just I think the attitude today should be that the sixth seed is still in sight. Absolutely. That you're still what is it? A what are you, game two and, and a half? half? No, you're a game and a half. Wait, that's seventeen. Sorry, two and a half. Two and, two and a half, half yeah. games back. Yeah. Stupid USF. That's, that's all right. Okay. That's all right. And look, you'd love to see this team become more consistent. I still think this team is going to make the playoffs. I still think this team has a shot of making it all the way up to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. But the Magic cannot think like you're talking right now. Winnable games. Like, like they're all losable games for the Orlando Magic. That's been proven over the last number of weeks by mm-hmm. losing to Chicago and Cleveland and New York. I guess my point is, is when you start looking at the schedule, that stretch, that seven games, you need to go five and two, yeah. six and one, because look at what happens after that. Right. You have this stretch of Dallas, Memphis, Washington, Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans, Memphis, those seven games. Then you're home to Philly, and you go on the road for a four-game stretch at Miami, right there in the standings with you, at Detroit, right in front of you right. in the sixth seed right now, at to Indy. You think they're going to be a little pissed off mm-hmm. that you beat them the last time? You're at Indy again. Then you go to Toronto, another yeah. team that you just beat. And Toronto's going to be in playoff form. They're going to play Kawhi in that game as they get closer to the playoff run here, all right? So those four games right there immediately after, you have to go 5-2, and two, yeah, 6-1, and one, because you could lose three or four there and back your way out once again. So uh, like, like we just said, they're all losable as well as winnable, but you have to be opportunistic, and that is one of the few opportunities left for the Magic to bank some wins before mm-hmm. the final stretch when they hit a tough spot in the schedule. And, and look, here, here's another thing that came up over the weekend. We haven't seen an awful lot of a lack of health of this team this year, which is a very good thing because in the previous six years, we saw an awful lot of guys going out on the injured list. DJ Augustine. Goes down near yeah. the end of the first half against Indiana. Indeed. Didn't play most of the second half. Correct. Tried to gut it out early, but Steve Clifford uh, gave him the early hook uh, early in the third quarter, and the Magic got away with it with guys like Isaiah Briscoe and Jaron Grant coming off the bench and, and filling that role quite admirably against Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ comes out and surprisingly plays very well against Cleveland with his 19 points and five rebounds and five assists, but that's that's another thing that you have to pay attention to in the final month and a half of the season. Sure. The health of this basketball team. Yeah, no doubt. Right, And I hate to mention it because here I am, I'm knocking on wood, mm-hmm. but you look at the overall health of this team, Nick. It's been very good. It has. You ran down some of the the list of guys and how many games that they've played, and I was a little surprised that we've been this lucky, knock on wood, with health. Other than Mo Bamba. Yeah. uh, And we don't know whether we're going to see Mo the rest of the season. Of course, Markel Fultz as well. I doubt whether we'll see Markel Fultz. I don't think we'll see Markel. This season. But you look at Nick Vucevic. Mm -hmm. He's played in 64 of the 65 so far. Aaron Gordon, 61 of the 65. By the way, the one game Vooch Mitch, of course, was his kid being born. Exactly. Right, that wasn't health Again, that was not health, well, I guess. Could have played in that one. Oh, wow. I'm just just saying. You want to explain? Like, yeah, like I think he should have played in that game, that's all. I think they won anyway, so it didn't really matter. But, like, I would have liked for Nick to have played in that game. I would have have liked to have seen that. But, hey, what what whatevs, they won the game. But, I mean, Aaron Gordon, 61. Fournier, 64 of 65. Mm -hmm. T. Ross, your MVP. And, And here's another thing that could back your point up. 65 of 65 games T. Ross there has played in go, this T. year. Ross, yeah. MVT I mean, Ross. Uh, I mean, there you go. Jonathan Isaac, 59. So all of your key guys, Nick. They've all played? Have remained healthy, 
But now you're in a stretch because these are the dog days of March here. March, by far and away, mark my words, is the longest month for NBA players on the NBA calendar. You can calendar. see the finish line. Yes, absolutely. March is the, by far and away the longest month of the season. It's seemingly endless. So if this team can remain healthy, you look at the teams around you. You know, Brooklyn has had health issues. So has Miami. Health is, is definitely going to be a key for the Orlando Magic going down the stretch because I, I got to tell you, when DJ went down with that sprained ankle, yep. I went, man, that really hasn't happened a lot this year, which is very unusual for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, no doubt. I totally agree. They have been healthy. By the way, just a roster move for Orlando that we should mention. Uh, the Lakeland Magic beat the Erie Bayhawks on Sunday. And Troy Copain, who's on a two-way contract with the Magic, uh, actually left the arena, caught a plane up to Philly. He's meeting the team today in Philly yeah. and will be available to play on Tuesday. That's a hedge just in case yeah, DJ no Augustine is 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 banged up a little bit. Uh, Troy Copain averaging 16 points, uh, five and a half rebounds, five assists this season yeah. with Lakeland. Um, I don't know. I don't think you'll see him. I just think it's another warm Absolutely. body just in case. Absolutely. President of Basketball Operations, Jeff Weltman, is a very cautious dude. And I think he saw that injury to DJ Augustine late uh, in the uh, in the first half against mm-hmm. Indiana on Saturday and went, okay, just in case, you know, Isaiah Briscoe has been giving us some quality minutes off the bench. Yes. Jaron Grant has kind of been up and down mm-hmm. this year. Uh, we may need a backup to the backup to the backup. So I think it's a good move by the Orlando Magic just in case, but you love what you saw out of DJ, even in a loss to Cleveland on Sunday. Yeah, night. Lakeland, I think, doesn't play till Friday at Fort Wayne. We need him back for that. That's all I'm going to say. Wait, wait, just, who's we? Who's we, we? The Lakeland Magic. Okay, as as the go. voice of the Lakeland Magic, yeah. I'm just compelling the the organization. We're in, a, we're in a push here. We're a half game back in the number one seed. It's in the always East. about Nick Granowitz. Yeah, we would, like, we would like him back. It's That's always all. about numero uno. We'd like him back. And speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of it being all about me, uh, we got to go because yeah. we got stuff to do here. We do. Uh, this has been, what is this, episode? Episode 8 or 9, something like that. I, I, I can't keep track nine, anymore, Nick. I, I think it was 8. I'm not sure, whatever. Another edition yeah. of the Heart and Hustle podcast. Uh, we'll be back a little bit later this week. Make sure uh, you catch Fox Sports Florida on Tuesday night. Scott Inez will be your filling in That's for right. PK. Yep, filling in for PK with, Tuesday night with Lisa Leslie. With Lisa Leslie. So yep. screen grab Scotty on yeah, your phones. Absolutely. Okay, grab the, grab the screen grab and tweet me at ESPN5. Hashtag screen grab Scotty. Uh, we do that every time. I was actually so inebriated on, on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night. You couldn't screen grab? I was so upset. I woke oh, I up. had the tie going on, Big Daddy. I had uh, a little purple oh, the and pink tie? tie. No, it wasn't the expensive tie. I want to no. see the expensive tie. All right, we'll, um, we'll break it out on Tuesday. Okay, night. that's uh, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you can find this podcast everywhere you find podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the whole thing. Uh, you can listen to Scotty on ESPN Afternoons with Scott and Az on ESPN 580 Orlando. That's 580 AM, 96.5 FM HD2, as well as everywhere else you can get audio. And you can follow me on Twitter at ESPN 580. Nick, we'll talk to you a little later this week, of course. Go Magic. Uh, let's see if they can go on a bit of a playoff push here.